just like to welcome everyone who's joining us for our live stream here at City Temple and Chelsea Community Church. This is just one part of our service, so if you'd like to be part of the whole thing, drop us an email, or you can come and visit us here at Chelsea Community Church on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Today, uh, one of my favorite preachers here in the church, Gisela Ravella, is going to be bringing the Word of God to us. God bless you, Gisela. Thank you. Oh, that's a compliment. <laughs> okay. Mm. So we, we, I've tied, I put a title to this message, The Greatest Commandment, and we're going to read three passages. So Mark, we start with Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 34. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater command, commandment than this. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You, you have truly said that he is the one and there is no other beside him. And to love him with all our heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one neighbors as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. And finally, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have no love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I, pro if I have prophetic powers, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so that I can remove mountains, I am nothing. 
If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have no love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrong. This is a love that is actually that we think about it, that we think that it's, it's, it has intellect, it has um, an intelligent type of love. And uh, these three passages are different, but at the same time they talk about something that is really important for us, which is we know true love. True love, uh, even though it's, uh, the, the Bible tells us in, in Corinthians 13, that true love is actually kind, that true love does not envy. And I don't know about you, but there are times that, I, that, that there is envy in me, that there are times that, there is, um, that my love is not kind, that I don't feel being kind to other people. So these verses confront me a lot. Because there are times that I don't, my love, how I feel, does not reflect what I just read. And that is, that is hard. I think that's why God wants us really to love him with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our intellect. But also he says to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're going to go into that. Sometimes I think if we don't love ourselves, how can we love our neighbor as ourselves? If I don't take care of me, if I don't appreciate what God has made in me or, or the way God has made me, how can I appreciate the way God has made someone else? I'm not going to love them if I don't love myself. So, um, you know, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, from, from it the flows the springs of life. The core of our being, the source of our thoughts and actions, it's there in, in our Have. not just with our emotions you know it's I think there are times I think last week on Sunday there was such a, a powerful and special presence that you could feel in the atmosphere you don't feel it every Sunday but that's when you have to push through in spite of your emotions in spite of your feelings to know that God is here God's here today but there was something special last week you know you could feel it was tangible and I think that's when we need our faith as well, to, to stand uh, strong, to, to persevere when we don't feel him. Because there are times when we don't even feel like praying. There are times we don't feel like loving. There are times when we don't feel, and, and I'm using the word feeling because that's how sometimes we express ourselves. But it's about more than just a feeling. It's about um, knowing that I have to do it. No, it it's a command. A command means I have to do it even, even if I don't feel like doing it. You know, um, at home, sometimes with our children, you know, they say, why do I have to go to school? Why do I have to go to school? So, uh, you know, logically I have to tell them because it's something that the government requires you to do. You have to go to school because otherwise I will get into trouble if you don't go to school. And, and I'm, I'm also trying to teach them that there are some things that, we have to do it even though we don't feel like doing. You know, I said to them, I don't feel like going to work. I, I don't, I, if it was up to me, I don't want to work. But I have to do it because it's part of, of what I have to do, of, of what I must do. And I think it's the same thing for us, you know, loving God with all of our heart, all of our mind, 
all of our strength and all of our soul, many times I think it's easy to love God because of all the goodness that he does for us. I think the hardest part is loving your neighbor as you love yourself because sometimes your neighbor is not as kind as God is with you. Sometimes your neighbor, you know, and your neighbor is not just, just someone. Sometimes your neighbor is also the enemy kind of thing. You know, uh, we'll, we'll go into that in, in a minute. Jesus, um, so when we love, when we, um, when we love, so we first love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. The second one, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, if you have the wrong concept of yourself, if you don't love yourself, you cannot love your neighbor as yourself. I think Jesus was talking to a person who, who had a good concept of themselves, but sometimes we don't have a good concept of ourselves. Sometimes we don't love what God has made in us, the way we've been created, whether it's physical or whether it's the way you are. You know, you, you might see someone else and say, why can I not react like that person reacts? Why can I not rejoice like that person rejoices? Why can I not see life like that person sees it? And you, you, know, you want to be like someone else and you don't like what you've got. And I think there are some things that definitely God wants us to change and some things that is a trademark or is the masterpiece that God has created that is unique in you and he doesn't want you to change. That is what makes you you. That's what makes you unique and no one else like you. You know, maybe physically you can have a twin, but um, as a person, you are unique. You, you cannot have two people who are the same because we, we all think differently. Um, I think I, I have shared with you in the past that there was a, a time in my life when I did not like myself. I did not... Um, appreciate what God had made in me and it took me it took me uh, it took the word of God to be to shine a light into me to understand that the way God had made me and in my case it was physical it was my height that really bothered me a lot and um, it took the word of God to bring light into my life, to understand that the way God made me was perfect. It was how he wanted, it was how it pleased him. And once I understood that, then something changed in me. Not that I am proud, or not that I, am, um, that I think I'm better than anybody else, not to that sense, but now I am secure um, because I know that this is how he wanted me. And if you get to that point for yourselves, to understand that the way God made you, the way he created you, maybe um, the country where you were born, maybe the family in which you were born, maybe the name that you carry, that is part of God's greatest plan. You know, and sometimes we don't see, we don't see the finishing plan that God has for our lives. Sometimes we are just part of this long creation or, or this long plan that God has made. And sometimes we don't get to see everything but you know trust God trust that God has um, created you trust that God has a purpose with your life and um, learn to be securing him I am securing in Jesus not securing myself securing Jesus and that's why you know for me it was um, Psalm 139 
verse 14 that really spoke into my life. Um, it says, I praise you for, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. I understood that the way God made me was wonderful. He didn't need to add more height. He didn't need to make me lighter or darker. He didn't need to make my eyes bigger or smaller. Just the way he created me was how he wanted me to be. And, and for me, that brought a lot of uh, peace in my heart, a lot of security to know, okay, this Lord, I accept. And even the way I am, you know, in, in, in the way that I, I, I react or in the way that I, I speak. Um, because there was, I think for me as well, a lot of comparison as I grew up um, in the church, as I mature in the church, to, to want to preach in a certain way or to want to um, do things in a certain way. Um, in, in the church where I, I, I um, came before coming to see the temple, the preaching was a very Pentecostal type of preaching. So if you didn't get any feedback from the people, then your preaching was not good enough. It, it was, God was not with you. So right now, <laughs> no, no, I'm not used to that. I, I, I'm okay. <laughs> um, so if, you know, you guys are very quiet and I know you're listening. I have no problem with that. And, but, you know, in, in, in that setting, it was like, oh, no one's listening to the preaching. God is not moving. The Holy Spirit is not moving. And it was because, you know, people were used to, like, banging on the table and bearing very loud. And, you know, if people kind of spoke back to you, then, you know, you had the fire of God or, you know, God was really talking. But it took me a while for me to also feel comfortable and to know that the way God made me, I, did, I don't have to shout or scream. Um, because that's not the way God made me uh, when I preach. I, 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 I understood that, and that made me also, okay, God, this is how you want to speak to people. And, and when we, and, you know, it's so good, I think, when you really connect with what God wants you to do, when, when you connect with that passion that God created you. I don't think everybody um, is being created to preach in public. Now, to preach the gospel, it's part of a, a kind of a, a commandment. We need to preach the gospel, you know, in, in actions more than I think in words. Um, but, you know, some people are just so happy to serve in the background. I know so many people who say, I don't want to be at the front. I want to be at the back and I want to help. And they're happy with that. So, and, and sometimes people, you know, they all want to be maybe in the platform because they think that's where God actually uses you. And if you're not there, you're not doing anything in his kingdom. And that is not true. You know, you can be a great intercessor. We need intercessors. We need um, people to help out. We need, you know, um, even the word advertising. Um, uh, what, what was it? Hospitality. Thank you so much. Hospitality. That is also a gift. You know, I, I really enjoy every time I come in the morning, we, well, on Sundays, Fel is always there, and when Christine is around, she, you know, they have this gift of, of kind of getting to talk to people, to anyone, and it, it is a gift that not everybody has. So, you know, we are, that's why we are one body and we connect together. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus illustrates what... Um, who is our neighbor. And also the story that Jesus shows us here, the story of this Samaritan. You know, this, this um, um, ma uh, 
this man comes to Jesus and says he wants to trick Jesus. He wants Jesus to, to say something uh, where this man can point out a mistake or, or make, make Jesus um, look bad in front of everybody as he was teaching. And so he says, okay, so who is my neighbor? He asks, and then Jesus does something very, very clever. Um, he doesn't tell him who his neighbor is, but he illustrates this story. Now, if you know, the, the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. In fact, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews, uh, so much so that if they needed to travel, the Jews needed to travel, they would avoid Samaria altogether. They would go a long way to avoid even going through Samaria. And so now Jesus is telling this story of this Samaritan who had compassion on this. We don't know who this person who was hurt was from. We don't know whether he was Jew or whether he was another Samaritan. We only know that the, both the Levite and the priest didn't do the right thing. And I think it makes us, it makes us think, or it, it should make us think, are, are we being like the Levite? Uh, am I being like the priest? Or am I going to take, be out of my comfort zone and be like this Samaritan who helped someone who was in need? He didn't care where this person was from. He just saw that there was a need. He, he had compassion on this person. And he made him, you know, get out. He, he, he was doing something. He had something that he needed to do, but he went out of his way to help this person. So, and, and the Bible tells us in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13 that even if we speak the tongues of men, I, I, I assume in here it's like, you know, if you, you can speak, speak every language in the world and even speak, you know, the, the, the uh, tongue of angels, but if you have no love, you're like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, if you, have no, if you have no love, you are all noise and, and no substance. And I don't know if you, when you were growing up, if you ever, in, in South America, it's very common to have like a biscuit tin, you know, a round biscuit tin. And inside, in self-finding biscuits, you find a sewing kit. <laughs> so I, when I was reading this, I was thinking, you know, we could be like that. Instead of, of, of finding biscuits or substance inside of us, they find, we find a sewing kit. We, ha we find something that shouldn't be there. We, making, we can make a lot of noise, but a lot of noise and no love is nothing. Or, or it's like um, an ice cream van. You know, in, in, in England, you know when an ice cream van is around because you can hear they make this noise and the kids know it and they run out. But how disappointing it will be that we hear that noise. And I say, guys, you know, if the ice cream van comes around, ice cream for everybody, and you run out, and the ice cream van says, actually, no, I'm selling, I'm selling fish and chips today. <laughs> you know, that ice cream van was not created to sell fish and chips. <laughs> the ice cream van was created to sell ice cream, and that's what we want, that's what we expect. But it's the same thing with us. We were created to love, to truly love. And if we don't, then we're just making noise. There's no substance in us. God really wants us to, to change that in us. Um, the other thing that's important is 
to exercise our faith. We need to exercise our faith. Um, in Luke chapter 17, something that I, I, I want to show you as well. In here, in chapter 17, verses 1 to um, 6, it says, And he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to he, to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The disciples said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Now, the reason I'm adding this to, to, to the message this Sunday is because I, I heard God said to me, if you had, if you had um, faith like a mustard seed. And so I went to the text, and I really feel this is for some of us, we really, God is really telling us today, you need, you need faith. And it doesn't have to be a great amount of faith. You just not need faith like a master seed, which is a really tiny, small amount. That tiny, small amount can change into something bigger. God is telling us today, he wants us to have just small faith. Now, why I'm also talking about this here is because Jesus first tells the disciples that if the brother sins against them and come to, and repent and ask them to be forgiven, you have to forgive them. There's something important, about, important for us about forgiving. And straight after, the disciples said to Jesus, increase our faith. Because maybe they felt confronted that they actually, you know, I don't know who you need to forgive. It's, it's you know, we live in a, in a tough world. People hurt us constantly either with their actions, knowingly or unknowingly. And it's hard to love someone who's constantly hurting you. It's hard to love someone who's constantly maybe wishing, you, wishing the worst for you. It's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy to love your enemy, a, a real enemy. It's not easy to love. How can you love someone who really wants to destroy you or who really wants to speak bad about you or who's speaking bad about you, who really does not love you? It's really hard, and that's why we need faith. We need faith like this uh, master seed. And, and I think what Jesus was also um, saying, you know, when, when Jesus uh, fed the multitude, uh, they, the multitude was following Jesus, and they didn't have anything to, to feed them. And so Jesus said, uh, there was one of the disciples said, Jesus, there's this young child his lunch. He's got uh, five small barley loaves and two fishes. But what is this, you know, compared to the multitude? And Jesus knew that he just needed a step of faith. And that's what he needs from us, just a step of faith, just for you to say, okay, I don't know how this is going to work out, but okay, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to have, you know, master seat 
type of faith, just to believe and to see, Lord, help us. And at the end, at the end, after feeding five, about 5,000 people, they still had 12 baskets left over from, from two fishes and five barley loaves of bread. They had 12 baskets left over. You know, God can do great things, but he just needs a little bit from us. He's not asking a lot from us. He's asking a little bit. And, and you know, sometimes we need to encourage each other because it's, it's so easy. To, you know, you hear the news and you feel this, the discouragement instantly because there isn't really any good news. The kids were telling me the other time, Mom, why are you watching the news? They never, they never say anything good. And I said, that's true. The only good news is the news of Jesus. <laughs> because they, it's true, you know, you hear the news and it's like recession is coming. You know, they, they're going to increase the bills. Uh, people are, are going into more debt. And it's just horrible stuff. And, and that's why we need to feel, um, you know, if you have a testimony, share it with us. Because we need to be filled with faith. We need to be filled with faith. It really encourages us. When we can share with another, the, two weeks ago, when Marcus preached, um, I think he was feeling a little bit discouraged about some situations. But God is so good. As he was coming in, someone just um, said to him, oh, how are you? And, you know, started talking, talking. And then she began to share some things out of the blue. You know, he didn't ask her anything. She just began to share out of the blue things from her heart. And he was exactly the word that maybe Marcus needed to hear to, to know that this is only temporary. And you know, I encourage you today, share with others, because maybe your, your testimony or, or something that's happened to you this week, something that's been good and a blessing, might just be the one, the little master seed that someone needs not to feel discouraged. You know, it's so important, you know, among each other, among us, to speak words of faith and even to pray. I love when there are people who pray at any time. It's so nice. I, I really feel encouraged when, they, when, you know, you may be going through difficulties. Maybe you're sharing with someone, oh, you know, I'm, I'm having this trouble. And they say, okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus. And they pray right there and then. That is amazing because sometimes you need those moments of, of prayer right there and then. I was in, um, in, a, in the school, there was these prayer meetings in, in the mornings. And uh, that's what I say to you, the way God's made you, it's important and use it. There was, um, they were sharing among um, the, 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 usually there were mothers, among the mothers. Um, they said, oh, we're missing this um, lady that hasn't come for a while. And I asked them, um, how, come, you know, how come you miss her? Why, why is it that you miss her? And they said, oh, because every time we were praying, you know, we were praying. They, they said it. I'm not saying it. They said it. We were praying like English people. Lord Jesus, thank you. We trust you in the process. We know we'll be okay. But whenever she prayed, she said, and in the name of Jesus, we do not accept that. And we rebuke it. And we cast out. And she said, and it really changed something when we were praying. It was really nice. And it was encouraging. And I just felt, you know, this is why we need each other. Because the way you are, or the words, or the way you pray, really can change something in the atmosphere. And I'm not saying that you need to shout or scream to, to change the atmosphere. It's, 
the power of God that lives in you and how he wants to manifest in your life that will encourage the rest of us. Last week, like I said, last week was something amazing, but I think God wants us to keep on taking steps of faith. It is faith that's going to get us closer to what God wants to do. It is faith that's going to help us to, um, to tell the mountain. We all have mountains in our life. To tell the mountain in our life, be uprooted and go to the sea. I don't want you more in my life, you know? And sometimes we feel discouraged because we say it once and it's not happening. And you think, oh, but Jesus said it, that if I say it and if I believe it, and I said it and I believe it and it's not happening. Well, say it more. Say it two times. Say it three times. Say it four times. Just persevere. And at some point, you're going to believe it so much that it will happen if it's the will of God as well. That's more important than anything else. Because, you know, I can pray for a Ferrari every day and confess it and believe it and say it and ask everybody to pray along with me. But I might not need a Ferrari. I might need a, a bus. <laughs> I have five kids. So me praying for a Ferrari, really, I should pray for five Ferraris maybe. <laughs> you know, sometimes we pray and we don't receive because it might not be what we need. So, you know, you pray and you ask God, Lord, but let your will be done. Because God's will is the perfect thing that we need. Some, even, you know, and I, I understand that God goes before us in your life. God is right now walking before you, even before you're going to face whatever is going to happen tomorrow. You know, the, the Bible tells us that we should not fear bad news. We will not fear bad news. Because bad news will come. We will have bad news. It's part of, 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 of life, of, of the world that we live. But we will not fear it because we have God with us. And if God is with us, no one can be against us. Celebrate the little achievements and you will see bigger things. There are, there are things that God has done in your life that you, might not seem so big to you. But celebrate those things. Celebrate that you were you know, maybe able to, to pray, uh, I don't know, 10 extra minutes longer than you usually do. Celebrate that you were able to, um, I don't know, wake up earlier than you usually do and you were able to, to read the Bible more than before. You know, celebrate those little things and God will increase and give more. And be mindful. Be mindful of, of the things that maybe God is speaking into your heart that, that needs to be changed. You know, it's, sometimes it's so much easier for us to point out um, the, the things that we can see on everybody else that they're doing it wrong. And it's so much harder for us to see the things that we are doing wrong. And um, sometimes when we, when we feel self-righteous or when we feel that, you know, everything's good for me, but, you know, I can see all the faults that everybody else has, we become judges of others. And maybe, you know, at that point, you, you, you might be okay. But there's going to come a time when you will not be okay. And then you will repent of, for judging others. You will repent for pointing the finger at others. And remember, when you point the finger at, uh, at someone, there are three fingers that are pointing back at you. Okay? See, when you're pointing at someone, there are three fingers that are pointing back at you. So, but that, that also, I think, happens with maturity. As you grow in, in the Lord you begin to realize 
instead of me coming to, to Elsie and telling her, oh, you're doing this and this wrong, I need to come to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, help Elsie speak into her life, Lord, um, that she will... Um, that you will speak in the way that she understands you because you know God speaks into our lives and when the Holy Spirit speaks into our lives he really brings this conviction that I don't think no other person could bring and he really makes a change so if you're worried about someone bring it in prayer ask the Lord to speak into their lives and you will see how God will change something I am so excited to know that God is going to do you know we've been praying for revival We've been praying for God to move again, and God is going to do something new. We, are, we, are, we should be in that expectation. Something is coming. Shall we pray? And uh, there are a few words of knowledge that God gave Marcus, and I want us today to just connect to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. So there where you are, let's just pray and ask God to, to continue to speak to us. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, Lord, because your love overwhelms us, Lord. Your love, your love is bigger than any of our problems. Your love is bigger than any hate that we might have in our hearts. Your love is bigger than any envy that may be in our hearts, Lord. And today, Father, we come to you. First of all, Father, we ask you to forgive us. Forgive us for allowing envy. Forgive us for allowing um, hate. Forgive us for allowing unkindness in our hearts, Lord. Forgive us for, for all these emotions and feelings that do not come from you, Lord. We ask you to cleanse us, Father. Take away, Lord, all these things that do not belong in our lives, Lord. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill us with your love. Fill us with your presence. Help us to, to love what you've made in us, Lord. Help us to love ourselves, Lord, like you love us. Help us to see, help us, love, oh Lord, to love others like you love them too, Lord. Forgive us if we've hated our, our neighbors. Forgive us if we've thought evil against our neighbors, Lord. We ask you, Father, to forgive us and cleanse us, Lord, because we know, Lord, that what you want to give us, Lord, what you want to deposit in us, Lord, is, is something so holy, Father, that we cannot allow these bad feelings in our lives, Lord. Father, we want to be used by you, even with little faith, Lord. Many of us this morning, Father, are asking you to give us that a master seed type of faith, Lord, so that we can see greater things, Father. Father, we pray for our city. We pray for our nation, Lord. We pray that you take away, Father, the blindness, that the spiritual blindness that there is in this generation, Lord, that they will see, Father, in us your love. We pray, Father, that you will manifest your presence, Lord, and that we will be carriers of your glory, Lord. Help us, Father, to, um, to increase in faith, Father. Help us to increase in faith, Lord, so that we can do mighty things with you in, our, in us, Lord. Just uh, as I was...